ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد سنوان حديث نمبر 6 عن النعمان بن بشير رضي الله تعالى عنهما قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إن الحلال بين وإن الحرام بين وبينهما مشتبهات لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس فمن اتقى الشبهات استبرأ لدينه وعرضه ومن وقع في الشبهات وقع في الحرام كالراعي يرعى حول الحما يوشك أن يرتع فيه ألا وإن لكل ملك حما ألا وإن حما الله محارمه ألا وإن في الجسد مضغة إذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله وإذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله ألا وهي القلب رواه البخاري ومسلم in this hadith of An-Nu'man ibn Bashir radiyallahu anhuma, he says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi or he heard the Prophet sallallahu say that the halal is clear and the haram is clear and between them are affairs that may not be clear to some. Many people do not know of them. So whomsoever protects himself from these doubts, then he frees himself and protects himself and preserves himself, his religion and his honor. And for the one who falls into those doubts, then he falls into haram. Just like a shepherd who takes his flock around the borders, and so they are about to overflow into the next field. That is not his. And indeed every... King has his boundaries, and the boundaries of Allah are the prohibited affairs, not to go beyond those. And indeed, in the body there is a part, there is an organ, if it is upright, then the remainder of the body is upright and correct, and if it is corrupt, then the remainder of the body becomes corrupt, and it is the heart. And that is narrated in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. So firstly, the narrator of this hadith, An-Nu'man ibn Bashir. An-Nu'man ibn Bashir, radiyallahu anhuma, An-Nu'man and Bashir, both of them, they were companions. Nu'man and also his father, Bashir ibn Amr al-Ansari, both of them were companions. He says that I heard the Prophet say, إِنَّ الْحَلَالَ بَيِّنٌ وَإِنَّ الْحَرَامَ بَيِّنٌ That indeed, the halal is clear and the haram is clear. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah says regarding that, فَالْحَلَالُ بَيِّنٌ فِيمَا نَصَّ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ عَلَيْهِ فِي الْقُرْآنِ أَنَّهُ حَلَالٌ أَوْ نَصَّ عَلَيْهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمٌ The halal are those affairs that Allah has made clearly halal in the Qur'an. They are mentioned in the Qur'an that these things are halal. Or the Prophet sallallahu has mentioned in the sunnah that these particular things are halal. So that which Allah has mentioned in the Qur'an, and the Prophet ﷺ may have mentioned in the sunnah, then those affairs 
are the halal that are clearly stated in those revelations. Examples of that, Allah said in the Quran, أُحِلَّتْ لَكُمْ بَهِيمَةُ الْأَنْعَامِ That the behimatul an'am, which is the cows and the camels and the sheep, and that which is born from them, that they are halal. This is stated clearly in the ayah in Surah Al-Ma'idah, the very first ayah, لَكُمْ بَهِيمَةُ الْأَنْعَامَ That the behimatul an'am are made permissible for you. The cows, the camels, the sheep, and that which is born from them. Similarly, Allah said, another example, وَأَحَلَّ اللَّهُ الْبَيْعُ وَحَرَّمَ الْرِبَاعُ وَحَلَّ اللَّهُ الْبَيْعُ وَحَرَّمَ الْرِبَاعُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made halal trade. Buying and selling and trade is halal. Allah said that clearly in the Qur'an. وَأَحَلَّ اللَّهُ الْبَيْعُ So again, this is another example where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has clearly made this halal in the Qur'an. And that is obviously the buying and selling, that is the legitimate buying and selling. Not the buying and selling that an individual does, which has deception within it, or cheating within it. But rather it is the buying and selling that is done legitimately. وَهُوَ مِنْ أَطْيَبِ الْمَكَاسِبِ And somebody who does the buying and selling legitimately, then that is from the best of gain and wealth for yourself, the halal wealth. So that which Allah has made clear in the Qur'an, and the Prophet ﷺ may have made clear in the Sunnah, there are some affairs mentioned in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah. Some affairs mentioned in the Qur'an, not in the Sunnah. Some affairs maybe not in the Qur'an, but in the Sunnah. But all of those affairs within the two revelations that are clear as halal, then they are halal. And a person, he accepts those rulings as halal and he does them without any uh, without any hesitation. قَالْ وَإِنَّ الْحَرَامَ بَيِّنٌ And similarly, the haram affairs are clear. وَهُوَ مَا نَصَّ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَوْ رَسُولُهُ يعني عَلَى تَحْرِيمِهِ and they are those affairs that Allah or His Messenger have made clear are haram. مِثْلُ قَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى Like the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, حُرِّمَتْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَيْتَةِ For example, it's mentioned in one ayah that the dead animals are haram for you. Meaning an animal that has not been slaughtered in the correct manner, an animal that has not been slaughtered in the correct manner, then that animal is not permissible to eat. An individual goes into the forest and finds a dead rabbit, you can't cook it and eat it. It's haram. You haven't slaughtered it. So an animal, for it to be halal, it must have been slaughtered in the halal manner. As for an animal that you find dead already, due to some other way of death, not the halal slaughtering, then this animal is not permissible to eat, other than the fish of the sea that have been mentioned, and the locusts. But otherwise, the animals are not permissible if they are dead, unless they have been slaughtered in the correct manner. So that is something clear in the Qur'an. حُرِّمَتْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَيْتَةِ That these dead animals that have not been slaughtered in the Islamic manner, they are haram upon you. Similarly, 
Allah mentioned other types of prohibitions in the Qur'an that are clear. For example, in Surah Al-Isra, ayah number 32, وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا zina, And do not come close or go close to uh, fornication. Do not go anywhere near fornication. This is a clear ayah, the meaning of it is clear. Do not go anywhere near fornication. I.e. fornication is haram. That's a clear understanding of this ayah. So there are clear ayat in the Qur'an and the sunnah that explain to us what is halal and what is haram. Similarly Allah mentioned, وَأَحَلَّ اللَّهُ الْبَيْعَ وَحَرَّمَ الْرِبَا That Allah has made buying and selling legitimately halal and He has made taking interest haram. So we see that these rulings are clear. That's why the beginning of the hadith it says, إِنَّ الْحَلَالَ بَيِّنْ وَإِنَّ الْحَرَامَ بَيِّنْ That indeed the halal affairs, they're clear. In the Qur'an and the Sunnah, clear what is halal. And the haram affairs, they are clear. In the Qur'an and the Sunnah, in the revelations they are mentioned, those affairs that are haram. So the shaykh says, فَمَا نَصَّ اللَّهُ أَوْ رَسُولُهُ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ حَلَالٌ يُؤْخَذُ That which Allah and His Messenger وسلم, have pronounced as halal, then you take it as halal. وَمَا نَصَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ حَرَامٌ يُتْرَكُ And that which has been mentioned in the Qur'an and the Sunnah as haram, then you leave it. وَلَيْسَ هُنَاكَ مَجَالٌ لِلتَّرَدُّدَ إِلَّا مِمَّنْ فِي قَلْبِهِ زَيْغَ أَوْ هَوَىٰ And there is no room for any hesitation. There is no room for anybody to hesitate and say, well, this is halal, but I'm not sure, I'm not going to do it. If it's halal, it's halal. There's no room for somebody to say, this is haram, but maybe it's allowed, maybe this, maybe that. There's no room for these hesitations. What's halal is halal and it's clear, and you do it. What's haram is haram and you stay away from it. Those are clear, there is no hesitation, there is no maybe. That is clear. But then the Prophet ﷺ says, وَبَيْنَهُمَا مُشْتَبِهَاتِ Between those, between the clear halal and the clear haram, are affairs that maybe could cause somebody confusion. There may be affairs that are not clear either way. يعني هناك أمور مشتبهات بين الحلال والحرام لا يدرى هل هي من الحلال أو هي من الحرام. There may be certain affairs in between the two, and it's not clear: is this halal or is this haram? There may be certain things that are not clear in that way. لأنها تنازع فيها الأدلة because there could be issues where the evidences are on either side. There may be evidences saying it's halal. There may be evidences saying no, it's haram. There may be some confusion to a person who doesn't understand what to do with these issues then. Because there may be, as the shaykh says, أَدِلَّ تَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهَا حَلَالٌ وَأَدِلَّ تَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهَا حَرَامٌ there may be evidences that indicate it is halal, there may be evidences that indicate it is haram. وَهَذَا مِمَّا اخْتَلَفَ فِيهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ 
And these are some of the issues that may be where the scholars have differed about. Some scholars say it's okay, some scholars say it's not. فَبَعْضُهُمْ أَفْتَى بِجَوَازِهِ وَبَعْضُهُمْ أَفْتَى بِتَحْرِيمِهِ Some other scholars consider it to be permissible, others consider it to be haram. نَظَرًا لِأَنَّ كُلَّ وَاحِدٍ مِنْهُمْ رَجَّحَ جَانِبًا مِنَ الدَّلِيلِ Because all of the different scholars, they will have looked at the evidences and considered that a particular aspect of the evidences is stronger, and then given their ruling upon that. So some of them came to the conclusion it's halal, certain issues, whatever they may be, and others came to the conclusion that it is haram. فَهَذَا مُشْتَبِهٌ لَا يُدْرَى هَلْ هُوَ مِنَ الْحَلَالِ أَوْ هُوَ مِنَ الْحَرَامِ This is therefore something that may cause confusion to an individual. Is it halal or is it haram then? فَإِنَّهُ يُتْرَكُ مِنْ بَابِ الْإِحْتِيَاتِ وَالتَّوَرْعِ حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ أَمْرُهُ This type of affair, the shaykh says, you do not engage in it then. You leave this type of affair that you're not sure of until it becomes clear to you. Until the evidences, the understanding, the knowledge of that particular issue becomes clear to you, then you do whatever has become clear to you. But prior to that, when you're in this state of confusion, you don't know halal, haram, some scholars, some scholars, then in that case, stay away from it, the shaykh says, to be cautious. Until you then gain the knowledge of that affair and understand what to do. And that is simple from the understandings of the principles of this religion anyway. Al-ilmu qabla al-qawli wal-amal. It fits with that, that knowledge comes before statements and actions. So you don't act upon something that you don't have knowledge about, that you're not sure about. You've heard something and you've heard something somewhere else and you've heard something somewhere else and you don't know about the authenticity or the reality or halal or haram. Then you don't just go and do that. Rather you wait and you leave it until the knowledge comes to you and the understanding comes to you. And then you're aware and upon insight into this affair that it is actually halal, then okay. Or you become aware that actually now I know it is actually completely haram. So you leave that affair until the knowledge comes and you don't engage in affairs without understanding or upon a state of confusion. Um, فَإِن تَبَيَّنَ أَنَّهُ حَرَامٌ يُتْرَكُ نِهَائِيًا So afterwards, if it becomes clear to you once the knowledge arises that it is actually haram, then that's it, you just leave it altogether. Never go back to it, leave it. وَإِن تَبَيَّنَ أَنَّهُ حَلَالٌ And if it becomes clear to you that actually from seeking knowledge you've realized that it is actually halal this thing, then okay, you can do it. Then do it. أَمَّا مَا لَمْ يَتَبَيَّنُ وَهُوَ مُشْتَبِهُ فَإِنَّ الْوَرَعْ وَالْإِحْتِيَاطِ تَرْكُ هَذَا الشَّيْءِ As for something which is not clear to you, then what is better and from piety and from cautiousness is to leave that affair until you gain the knowledge of it and you understand whether it's right or wrong. And that is a general principle you can take for many of the things now. Many people, they will come to you, even if it's not specifically on these types of issues of halal and haram and in between, any type of issue. People, they will come to you, they'll say, there's a hadith, you're supposed to do this. Our imam told us you have to do this. These things that happen now, the night of Rajab, the night of Sha'ban, the night of this, the night of that. All of these things that people tell you you're supposed to do, worship, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that. Then those types of acts, you don't just go and do them. Rather you look and you stop and you seek the knowledge and you try to understand, is it actually authentic to do this or not? Is it actually halal to do this or not? 
Not just because people are spreading all types of information and news. I heard this and I heard that and the Imam said this and the Imam said that. Who knows whether those ahadith is quoting are true or not. Allah Ta'ala A'lam, they mention a narration about an individual. They say he was giving a khutbah in Arabic. They mention this story. And perhaps there's a benefit behind it. They say that he was giving a khutbah in Arabic and he didn't even actually understand Arabic himself. He was just reading it. He was reading the khutbah out in Arabic. He didn't even understand Arabic. In one part of the khutbah, he was reading this thing out in Arabic and he read a hadith. قَالَ رَسُولَ The Prophet said this, that, the other, the hadith. And at the end of the hadith, he doesn't know what he's reading. At the end of the hadith, he said, أَخْرَجَهُ فُلَانُ وَفُلَانُ وَفُلَانُ وَقَالَ فُلَانُ مِنَ الْعُلَمَاءُ وَهَذَا حَدِيثٌ مَوْضُوعٌ And this is a fabricated hadith. He doesn't even know what he's saying. He's reading in Arabic, this is a fabricated hadith what I've just read. And he's carrying on, he doesn't even know what that means. He doesn't even know, he just said to everybody, this is a fabricated hadith. Because he can't even understand the Arabic. So not everybody who comes and tells you, this is a hadith and this is this and this is that. And you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. It's not as simple as that. Our religion is not just people telling us hearsay, Chinese whispers as they say. Rather you look into the knowledge, you look into the reality of the understanding of these issues. Go back to the scholars, go back to the explanations. Ask the people of knowledge. Until you come to understanding and insight upon those issues, then you worship Allah upon that insight and understanding. So here this is similar now. These affairs that are not clear to you, then the shaykh says, leave them until they become clear to you. Seek the knowledge of them. Seek to clarify. When they become clarified, if it clarifies to you that it's halal, then do it. If it becomes clarified to you from seeking knowledge that it is actually haram, then stay away from it. But don't just go and do anything when you don't know and you're confused and you don't understand and you just do whatever anyone says. That isn't the way of the religion. And the Prophet ﷺ in fact said, these issues that are maybe evidences here, evidences there, may be confusing to some people. In reality, there's many people like that. لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس The Prophet ﷺ said, many of the people will not be aware of these in-between issues. They won't know the rulings, they won't have the understanding or the knowledge of them. The halal, the haram, clear. But what's here in the middle, many people won't understand. Why? The shaykh says, because because many of the people are ignorant. They don't seek knowledge of their religion. They don't bother to attend the lessons. They don't bother to read the Quran. They don't bother to listen to the good lectures, etc. They don't do anything to seek knowledge. So these issues that are slightly not clear to them, they are going to be confused by them. They don't seek knowledge. لا يعرفون طريق الاستدلال والترجيح. They don't know how to look at these issues and work them out and look at the evidences and balance them up and see which is right, which is wrong. They can't do it. They don't seek any knowledge. They don't know any principles. They don't know any fundamentals. They don't have any basis. So how are they going to be able to determine and establish what's halal and haram? They get confused and they don't know. So when the Prophet ﷺ said لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس دل على أن القليل من الناس يعلمهن. This indicates that only a few people in reality know of these issues and their understandings, and they are the scholars, those who are firmly grounded in knowledge. They are the ones who know about these affairs that could be confusing, halal or haram. Are they halal or are they haram? وَذَلِكَ بِمَا أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ وَالْفَهْمِ وَمَعْرِفَةِ قَوَاعِدَ الْإِسْتِدْلَالِ وَالْتَرْجِ
فمن تبين له أنها حلال أخذها ومن تبين له أنها حرام تركها ومن اشتبه عليه الأمر فإنه يتوقف عنها هذا هو الموقف من المشتبهات So for the one who has knowledge and the other scholars they will be able to determine what these affairs are and if they are actually halal or if they are actually haram As for an individual who is ignorant and doesn't seek knowledge and doesn't have ability then the shaykh says you stay away from these doubtful things to yourself until you go and seek the knowledge from the scholars etc to determine what to do with these are they halal or they haram you don't just go and do them like that and that's why the prophet sallallahu then said that's the advice that was given here the prophet sallallahu then says so whomsoever protects himself and keeps himself away from these doubtful affairs to him Meaning a person protects himself from these doubtful issues. He doesn't know, is it halal or is it haram? He stops himself, protects himself from falling into anything wrong because it could be haram. So he stops and he protects himself by not doing it until he seeks knowledge. So the one who does that, he stops until he seeks the knowledge to be able to do that. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, and that is the person who has preserved himself and his religion and his honor. He has declared the innocence of any wrongdoing from himself and his honor. That he's not going to engage in this until he has the clarity and the knowledge and the evidences for it. So that person, he has declared his innocence from ever falling into wrongdoing or fault or haram. Because he's not going to do it until the evidence comes. So this person is preserving his religion, preserving his honor. Not just going in and doing anything and then finding out it was haram afterwards. Then, فَمَنْ تَرَكَ شُبُهَاتِ الْمُشْتَبِهَاتِ حَصَلَ عَلَى هَاتَيْنِ الْخَصْلَتَيْنِ So the one who leaves these kinds of affairs that he doesn't have knowledge about, he's confused about, he doesn't know if it's halal or haram. The one who leaves that type of affair and seeks the knowledge on them until he does it, then that person has declared innocence or purity for his own honor and for his religion. He's not bringing any wrongdoing to himself because otherwise if somebody just goes and does it he might find out afterwards it was haram so he's done a type of wrongdoing to himself and his honor but if you stay away until you get the knowledge you protect yourself and preserve yourself and this is what the shaykh says for these types of characteristics of preserving yourself and your religion and your honor then that is the reason why you should be careful and you should take your time in understanding these issues and religion, religious affairs before just blindly going and doing anything. Rather you learn, is this the Qur'an exactly how it told us to do it? Is this what the Sunnah told us to do? Is this what the Salaf they used to do? Then you go do those acts of worship. That is the one or that is how a person behaves, not to be rash and hasty, and go and do anything anybody says, go 15th of Rajab, 15th of Sha'ban, 15th of this month, of that month, go and pray all night, and you just go and do it. You think, okay, it's worship to Allah. That's not the way. Rather, you learn the knowledge to understand, is that authentic? Is that what we were really told to do? Or is it just misguidance and, and misunderstanding that people have got now? Which could be the case. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَمَنْ وَقَعَ فِي الشُّبُهَاتِ وَقَعَ فِي الْحَرَامِ and the person who falls into these doubtful matters, then he falls into the haram. How is that? لِأَنَّهُ إِذَا تَسَاهَلَتْ فِي الْمُشْتَبِهَاتِ 
وأخذتها إذا تساهلت في المشتبهات وأخذتها وقلت ما دام فيها خلاف لا بأس فيها فهذا يجرك إلى أن تقع في الحرام The Sheikh says now look at this he says if you become slack and you say well these issues there's a difference of opinion Allah alam some say halal some say haram I don't know I don't have the knowledge I'm not sure I'll just do it I'll just take the opinion it's halal so the individual who does that who just goes and does it and says, I'm not sure, I don't know, some different opinions, etc., blah, 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 I'm just going to do it. Somebody who does that, and just goes and does these affairs that are confusing, he doesn't understand, he doesn't know if there's evidence, people come to him, they say, no, there's some hadith about the night of Sha'ban, you should go and pray, you should do this, you should do that. But then others come and say, no, this is not proven, etc. He says, I don't know, some people are saying, some people, I'm just going to go do it. That type of person who behaves in that way, then the shaykh says, eventually, with this slack type of mindset, this slack type of mentality where you're not being firm and strong about what you pick to do and how you worship Allah, you just randomly do whatever. Well, let's just do it. Then that could lead you on to doing haram things in the end. Because you're not preserving yourself, you're not being strong, you're not being firm on how to worship Allah properly. You're being slack. People come and tell you, yes, it is okay, it's not okay, okay, let's just do it then then eventually you might end up falling into haram things and say, well, it's not a big deal then. Somebody who has that type of mentality can lead you on to haram things. لِأَنَّكَ إِذَا تَسَاهَلْتَ فِي الْمُشْتَبِهَاتِ تَسَاهَلْتَ فِي الْحَرَامِ الصريح. The shaykh says, if you become slack in these types of issues, that may be halal, may be haram, you become slack in them, then eventually you're going to become slack in things which are actually fully haram. Even those you'll start to say, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's some scholars, maybe this, maybe that. And the things which are clearly haram, you'll even start doing them. So this indicates that a person doesn't fall into that trap from the very beginning. From the very beginning, those issues that are slightly doubtful, stop, take a step back and look at the evidences and seek the knowledge from the scholars, from the texts, from the revelation, etc. until you do them. As for a person who doesn't do that, he starts doing it anyway, then eventually even the clear haram things, he start to make excuses and the shaitan will whisper and he start doing them as well. That's what occurs. And this is the shaykh says, هَذَا خَطَرٌ عَظِيمٌ This is a great danger. فَإِذَا تَسَاهَلَ الْإِنسَانُ فِي مَخْتُلِفَ فِيهِ فَإِنَّهُ يَتَجَرَّعُ عَلَى مَا أُجْمِعَ عَلَى تَحْرِيمِهِ Because if a person starts to become slack in those issues that are different about, and he just takes whatever opinion he wants, whatever is good for him, whatever he wants to do, he doesn't really care about evidences or authenticity, then that type of person eventually may end up falling into those things that are clearly haram, and therefore he will not be preserving himself and his honor. The shaykh says, This is from the great calamities that exist amongst the people nowadays. He says, some people they say now, مَا دَامَ فِي ذَلِكَ خِلَافٍ فَلَيْسَ عَلَيَّ حَرَجٍ أَنْ أَخُذَ بِأَيِّ قَوْلٍ شِئْتُ مِنَ الْأَقْوَالِ He says, some people say, if there's an issue that there's a difference of opinion about, some scholars say it's okay, some scholars say it's not, some people, they come along and say, well, in that case, it's not haram, then I'll do whatever. If I do this one, then okay, there's some scholars said you can do it. If I do whichever one of them, whichever one I pick, I'm safe. Because there's scholars on both sides, so I'll just do whatever. He said, this is a calamity when people come and have this mentality. They just come and say, well, there's opinions, there's scholars on both sides. I'll just take whatever one, I don't really care. That type of behavior isn't correct. نقول, لا. The shaykh says, we say no to this. بَلْ عَلَيْكَ أَن تَتَحَرَّ الْحَلَالِ 
Rather, in that type of situation, you need to try to genuinely establish what is the truth. Try to seek the knowledge, seek from the scholars, ask the people of knowledge with this issue. Why is it that scholars have said this and that and this and that and difference? What is the correct opinion? What are the evidences? What is stronger? To try to get some understanding of the reality of that issue. Not just to randomly pick whatever is suitable to you. Randomly do whatever without any seeking of knowledge, without caring. Maybe it gets worse than people come along with bid'ah. And you start saying, well again, there's some scholars said and some scholars know, so I'll just do the bid'ah. This is the problem that occurs. Rather the shaykh says, we tell them, you don't behave in that way. Don't just say there's, well, difference of opinion, so I'll do whatever. Rather, if that situation occurs, then seek the knowledge. Strive. Strive to get to the correct position and understanding to the best of your ability. Seek the knowledge from the scholars, etc. فَالْإِنسَانُ إِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يَمُرَّ مِنْ طَرِيقٍ لَا يَدْرِي هَلْ هُوَ آمٍ وَخَالٍ مِنْ قُطَّاعِ الطُّرَقِ وَمَنَ السِّبَاعِ أَمْ لَا فَإِنَّهُ يَتَجَنَّبُهُ لِشْتِبَاهِ أَمْرِهِ عَلَيْهِ the Shaykh gives an example. He says, if you were going along somewhere and there was an alleyway through the forest, there's an alleyway through the forest, but you're not sure about this pathway through the forest. For example, this is similar to what the Shaykh mentions here now. An example. That maybe there's a pathway and you're not sure about this particular pathway. Is it safe or not? Or maybe, are there predators along this pathway? Poisonous scorpions down this road. Poisonous uh, snakes along this road, along this forest. You don't know. Then what do you do? Does a person say, well, there could be poisonous snakes and scorpions. It looks a bit dangerous. But I'll just go anyway. Or will the person say, well, it looks a bit dodgy and everything. And I'm not really sure. I'd, uh, it's safer for me to stay away and go on the main road instead. What would you do? You would say, it's safer for me to stay away. I'm not sure. It, We've heard reports, we've heard reports, etc. This pathway is not all that safe. Then you would say, I'll stay away. Because you don't have the knowledge, you're not sure. You don't have the definitive answer, is it safe or is it not? There could be scorpions, there could be snakes, there could be lions. You don't know for sure. So to protect yourself, you'll avoid that pathway and just go on the main road, even if it takes longer. This is the way you would behave. But when it comes to the religion, people don't do that. When it comes to the religion, they'll say, let's go down this pathway. Even if there are lions and there are scorpions and whatever, it doesn't matter, let's take the risk. That's not the way you behave. If that's how you would behave in the pathway, you would avoid it, because you're not sure until you find out. Until you find out. Maybe just then a person comes from that pathway and tells you, I've just come along there, completely clean, nothing at all. No scorpions, no snakes, no nothing, it's clean all the way. So now you're sure, okay, go down that way then. Now you're sure. But without that certainty and without knowing, without having the knowledge, without the understanding, the authenticity, the proof, then you don't just go and do whatever. So this is what the Shaykh says. فَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ فِيهِ إِثْبَاتُ الْوَرَعِ وَالْإِحْتِيَاطِ This hadith therefore indicates that you have to have some piety and have some caution in your behavior when you're practicing the religion and how you obey Allah. وَأَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ يَحْسُنُ بِهِ أَنْ يَأْخُذَ بِالْوَرَعِ وَالْإِحْتِيَاطِ so a person must try to be careful when in his religion and obedience and to be cautious. ثم ضرب النبي صلى الله عليه Then the Prophet gave an example about this. He gave an example to illustrate and to highlight and to make you understand what all of this means. He said, "It is like a shepherd 
who has his sheep. A shepherd who has his sheep. حول الحما الحما is the boundaries. So imagine you have your field, you're the farmer and you have your field. Then there's the boundaries and the next farmer's field starts. So now a shepherd who takes his sheep out to graze and eat the grass, if he takes them right to the edge of his field, he takes them right to the edge of his field, then what could possibly occur? What's the likelihood of occurring? That some of the sheep, it's a big, big amount of sheep. Some of the sheep may end up doing what? Slowly eating, eating, eating until they slowly start to creep over. If there's no proper fence there, they slowly start to creep over and eat the field of the next farmer. Because you've taken them right to the edge of your field. So what do you expect? The sheep are grazing around. Some of them might end up grazing, grazing until they go into the next field and start eating the field of the next farmer. It's possible that may occur. Why has that occurred? Because you've taken your sheep right to the edge. You took them right to the edge and then they ended up falling into what was haram. So the shaykh says, كَانَ مِنْ عَادَةِ قَبَائِلِ الْعَرَبِ إِذَا أَخْصَبَ مَوْضِعٌ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ أَنَّهُمْ يَحْمُونَ هَذَا الْمَرْعَى فَلَا يَقْرُبُهُ أَحَدٌ لِيَخْتَصُّ بِهِ لِيَكُونَ لِمَوَاشِهِمْ فَإِذَا جَاءَ مَنْ يَلْعَى بِغَنَمِهِ حَوْلَ هَذَا الْحِمَى فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَسْتَطِيعُ أَنْ يَمْنَعَ انْفِلَاتِ بَعْضِ غَنَمِهِ إِلَّا ذَلِكَ الْحِمَى فَرُبَّمَا تَنْفَلِتُ وَاحِدَةٌ وَأَكْثَرُ فَتَقَعُ فِي الْحِمَى فَيَتَعَرَّضُ لِعُقُوبَةِ صَاحِبِ الْحِمَى فَالْحَاذِقُ مِنْهُمْ الَّذِي يَحْتَاطُ لِأَمْرِهِ وَيَذْهَبُ بِغَنَمِهِ بَعِيدًا عَنِ الْحِمَى This is exactly or similar, very similar to what we've just explained. That an individual when he takes his sheep right to the edge, there's a possibility your sheep are going to end up grazing onto the next field. So somebody who's clever, what they're going to do? A farmer who's clever, who doesn't want to get into trouble with the next farmer and have to pay money and whatever else for his sheep eating his grass, what will he do if you're a clever farmer? Uh, even without that, just keep your sheep inside of your field. Inside, well away from that boundary. Keep them away from that. Keep them away from next from the next field. Put them in the middle of your field or from the other side of your field. So there's no possibility of the sheep overflowing into the next field. That's what somebody of intelligence will do. And this is how the religion is. You keep yourself firm upon the knowledge and understanding and the guidance. Not to go to the edges and the borders. Well, is it allowed? Is it not allowed? And you start doing that until eventually you fall over into the haram yourself. That's the example given. Then at the end, the Prophet ﷺ said, "Ala wa inna fil jasadi mudghatan idha salahat salah al jasad kullo, wa idha fasadat fasad al jasad kullo. Ala wa hiya al qalba." That indeed, in the body there is an organ. If it is upright and correct, then the whole of the body is upright and correct. And if it is corrupt, then the whole of the body is corrupt. Uh, and that is the heart. So if the heart is upon righteousness, if the heart of an individual is upon righteousness, then that whole person will be upon righteousness. And he will stay away from these doubtful affairs. وَإِلَّا إِذَا كَانَ قَلْبُهُ لَيْسَ فِيهِ صَلَاحِ فَإِنَّهُ لَنْ يُبَالِي بِشُبُهَاتِ If his heart doesn't have any righteousness in it, then he won't care about these doubtful affairs. He'll go and do them. And you'll fall into eventually what is haram. And this heart, this is where an individual 
distinguishes between what is good for him and what is bad for him. This is where an individual distinguishes what is correct and what is wrong. And that is why the scholars they say, many of the scholars they used to mention, how do you think? Where is the place where you think? Where is your emotions, your thinking, your ability to think? Everybody says the brain. Many of the scholars they would say it is your heart. You think with your heart, not in your brain. The brain is what aids that, etc. But your heart is where this occurs. Many of the scholars used to say that. This is the place. Um, so in this body is this organ. And if that is upright, then the whole of the body will be upright. And if that is corrupt, then the whole of the body is corrupt. Because then that individual doesn't fear Allah. He doesn't have the dependence and trust in Allah. And he falls into all types of corruption and wrongdoing. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ always used to ask Allah, make dua to Allah to keep him firm upon this religion. Ya muqallib al-qulubi thabbit, wal-absari thabbit qalbi ala dinik. The one who changes the hearts of the people, keep my heart firm upon your religion. Keep my heart firm upon your religion. So the Shaykh says, فَعَلَى الْإِنسَانِ أَنْ يَسْأَلَ اللَّهِ Upon a person is to always ask Allah to guide his heart, to keep him upright. And upon an individual is to stay away from those things that can corrupt your heart. Because if the heart is corrupted, then all of these doubts and these haram affairs and everything, you will go and do them and you won't care. Uh, and this is where the shaykh concludes, وَإِذَا وَقَعَ فِي الْمَعَاصِي فَسَدَ قَلْبُ If a person falls into sinning, then that corrupts your heart even further. And then he begins to fall into the haram acts. But if a heart is upright and correct and righteous, then that individual will find that he continues to be upon righteousness and goodness. And the remembrance of Allah and obedience, all of that causes the righteousness of the heart. And this is something that a person should give importance to. Uh, in maintaining an upright heart and a righteous heart, and in staying away from those doubtful matters, and to always make sure that you are seeking the knowledge and the evidences and the proofs, going back to the scholars and the books, in order to understand the reality of the revelation and how to worship Allah. So that's what we'll conclude upon on next week. At the same time, it will be the hadith, Ad-Dinu Nasihah. And we covered that previously, but we'll do it again in uh, 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 accordance to this book now. Ad-Dinu Nasiha, this religion, it is purity and sincerity and advice that we will cover, inshallah ta'ala, next week. In fact, um, uh, the week after next, next week is the 23rd, huh? Sunday is 23rd, huh? Next Sunday is 23rd, that's okay. The one after that is the 30th. On the 30th is uh, the conference in Birmingham. The conference in Birmingham. So it's up to you. Do you still want to keep this or do you want to all go to the Birmingham conference on Sunday evening as well? What time, what time is Birmingham? That's all the weekend. Saturday, Sunday, all weekend. Starts at uh, midday, 12 o'clock on Saturday, finishes Sunday night at 10, 11 o'clock. So that's on the full weekend. So if you're going to go and you want to go on Sunday evening, we'll cancel this. If everybody's going to go. If you're not going to go, then we might as well keep this on. But you should go, you try to go. But if, you, if you're making plans, for example, Saturday, and you're not going to go Sunday, we can keep this on. 
But if you're going to go on that Sunday, then we'll cancel this too. So what's everybody's opinion? So should we leave this on Sunday, that Sunday, huh? So we leave this on that 29th, you know? Uh, 30th, yeah. Half. So we leave it, huh? Yeah, so cancel 30th. Yeah, yeah cancel 30th. The 30th of Sunday, we'll cancel it then. And the week after that, it's all over, isn't it? So, so the week after that, we're going to be gone as well. It's Ramadan. So next week is the last one. No, we haven't. We're going to be traveling that week. So the next one after that will be uh, maybe 25th, 26th of July or something. The last 10 days of Ramadan, if you want to be it then or something. So next week is the last one then. So it's up to you. Next week, if it's the last lesson next week, you can either do this next hadith or we can do a one-off on Ramadan. It's up to you. Ramadan. Next week, we do one-off on Ramadan. And we'll come back to this book later then. Next week then, inshallah, because it's the last lesson before Ramadan. The two weeks after that, we're not going to be able to do it. One for the conference and one we're going to be traveling. So next week, we'll do a one-off about Ramadan. Some general uh, uh, issues about Ramadan and some of the hadith about Ramadan and what to do, what not to do, some of the sunnah things about Ramadan. We'll just do a one-off lecture about some of the issues of Ramadan next week, inshallah. And then we'll do one in Bradford as well uh, in a couple of weeks or something. So we'll conclude upon that now then. There's this question here about... Uh, the the uh, uh, the baby. Uh, if it's been six months, then uh, Allah uh, We'll have to find out from the scholars. We'll try to find out some uh, fatwa from the scholars regarding that now. If it's been that period of time, the janaza. You're right about this evidence about najashi, etc. That can be prayed, but uh, even the aqiqa can be done, even if it is six months later. You can do the aqiqa anytime. If a person's thirty years old, and there was never an aqiqa done for him when he was born, he can still do it. That's possible. So these things, they are all possible, but we'll get a definitive answer from the scholars anyway. Doing the janazah afterwards for a person, that's mentioned in the sunnah, it's possible to do it. Doing the aqiqah afterwards, it's possible to do it. So these, these affairs are still possible all to do. But uh, we'll, we'll take this exact question. Uh, does it say, um, how old was the baby when he was miscarried? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's mentioned If the sister can just pass the note telling us how old the baby was when it was miscarried, because that will be important in the ruling. And then after that, we'll get a proper ruling from the scholars, inshallah. As for the bottom part where it says, how can we contact the scholars? Uh, you can ring them, there's telephone numbers, etc. But you need the Arabic language. So therefore, you can start learning Arabic. Everybody start learning Arabic first. And then uh, that will be uh, uh, something which helps you to be able to contact the scholars directly as well. If not, then of course you can ring certain brothers, etc. that try to help you and uh, ring the scholars. Or some of them, I don't know uh, how much the availability is, like Shaykh Muhammad Al-Anjari, who speaks English. So you can ring maybe some of them. If, uh, if it's possible to get through even English, they can speak. So uh, there are some ways, inshallah. See, you know how you're saying about the halal and haram. If you don't know, then you should stay away. Um, is that just in like, matters of the deen or is it like the dunya as well? Like, no, in dunya too. Because we said, you're right, with the dunya we said everything is halal until it becomes haram. But now if, you're not, if you don't know about something, now you don't know if, 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 if it's allowed to do something or not, this particular issue in the, in the worldly affairs, 
your lack of knowledge doesn't make it permissible. You need to establish that. You still need to find out if it's halal or haram. There's a certain type of business you want to do. There's a certain type of business you want to do. But you don't know, is this type of business allowed or not? You need to find out about these things before engaging in them. But just any worldly affairs like buying a car, buying a phone, that you can do what you want. But when it's more things like business or whatever, these types of things, you need to find out what's halal, what's haram. You know, for example, um, some people on certain websites quote, say Qutb, but then they turn around and say, we can quote it because Sheikh Al-Abani quoted from Sayyid Qutb, you know, and Imam Ghazali and these sort of things. So how would we deal with that? People who quote from Sayyid Qutb and they refer back to him, that's obviously not correct now with Sayyid Qutb and his uh, deviations and the refutations against him. Even if you find old books, from the scholars from 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, whenever it might have been, quoting from Sayyid Qutb. That's not an evidence for you now to go back to the books of Sayyid Qutb and start quoting from him and reading his books. The man was not a scholar. He was not a person of knowledge. The scholars have said that now. They've clarified that now. In the olden times, even if some of the scholars quoted from him for the reasons of that time, that's whatever it was. But now we know the reality and the scholars themselves have clarified the reality. So you don't go back to his books or read his books. He's not a person of knowledge, he's not a person of understanding of the religion, and he's not somebody you return to to quote from. You want to quote from people, you go to the scholars and quote from them. You don't quote from somebody who's ignorant of the religion. And these types of excuses are not legitimate. In the olden days, even you might find Sheikh bin Baz, in the olden days, he used to say, Jama'at al-Tabliq are okay? Sheikh bin Baz used to say, Jama'at al-Tabliq are good? Then, uh, now some people, even now, in Manchester there's one... There's some other people, they, they bring this old fatwa from Sheikh bin Baz. Look, Sheikh bin Baz said Jama'at al-Tabliq, okay. And they bring people to go to Jama'at al-Tabliq. Liars. Sheikh bin Baz afterwards, when he became aware of who Jama'at al-Tabliq are properly and what they do, then he refuted them and he said they're from the 72 sects. They're from the outside of Ahl sunnah He clarified that. So to use these old statements, etc. is not permissible, it's not correct. person should be sincere. And look into what the scholars have really said about people and what's going on and what the reality is. Not to use something they find here or there or old statements to try to back up their false methodology. Ahi, you know, a couple of weeks ago you mentioned about the hadith where the angel comes and blows into the, into the stomach and the soul. Uh, if, however, later on in the pregnancy, it's a stillborn, you still have to do janazah upon the stillborn baby. Yeah, that was this question here about uh, that. If, if it's past four months, the scholars, they say, if it's past four months, then the soul has been blown into it. So if it dies after four months, then you can do all of that. You can, you can do the shrouding, the, the janazah, all of that. You can do, name the child, bury it properly, the prayer, all of it. Because the soul was blown into him. He was alive now, then he died. So he was a person, alive, then he died. So you can do all of that then. Scholars mention about four months, because that's when the soul is blown. If it's before four months, one month, two months, miscarriage, if, even if something comes like a clot of blood or something comes out like that, you don't have to do any of that. You can just go bury it somewhere respectable. Just any place where some respectable place, bury it or do something like that. But you don't have to do the remainder of the, the affairs if it's prior to that. Because the soul hasn't been blown in anyway yet. So we'll leave it there. And inshallah next week will be about Ramadan as a one-off. Inshallah ta'ala.